This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Shelley Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. All right. Tonight, I'm going to be talking about the B attitudes. Did all of you get a handout? If you did not, raise your hand up and Ben's going to bring them down if you didn't get one of these sheets. I have you do this so that you can write it down, help you to remember it. So just keep your hand up and he'll get one of those to you. Y'all know Pastor and I had the opportunity to go to Israel. He tells you a few stories about it and every time he does, I tell him, I probably have a picture of that that I can show. So I'm going to do that for y'all tonight. Tonight I'm going to talk about the Beatitudes, and do y'all know where that came from? In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus gathered his disciples around him, and then he talked to them. And when we were in Israel, we got to climb up that little, it wasn't really a mountain, it was more what we would consider like a hill, the mount. Um, And he sat down with his disciples. So I'm going to show y'all a picture This was our group. Um, You can't see it real good, but uh, it was so pretty because it's the winter in Israel, which it's very green. And this year it was just in bloom everywhere. But this was that little hill um, that, oh, well, that was it. There we go. This was the hill, same hill, where Jesus sat down with his disciples and he talked about the thing we're going to talk about tonight Um, uh, mine's going to be a little different. If you go and read Matthew 5, he talks about, you can go ahead and go to the PowerPoint now. Um, He talks about some different ways to treat people. Um, You could say some attitudes. And tonight, we're going to talk about attitudes. Any of y'all ever deal with attitudes on a daily? I'm always having to watch my attitude. Any of y'all that are parents, you ever tell your kids, watch your attitude, buddy? Or, Missy, don't be sassy, because again, whether they're two or they're 52, we still have to deal with attitudes because we have this fleshly nature. And you know, if all we do is look at social media, the TV, listen to secular music, we're going to have the wrong attitudes. They're putting out a picture to us of ways we don't want to act, right? Sometimes I'm like shocked the things that I see. Uh, I was on my social media flipping through and somebody um, had gone uh, to a particular type of bar and they were having a uh, drag show and I'm just going through the stories. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to get it off, get that off my phone. And again, we have to be real careful. If that's the only images we're ever putting up in front of our mind, guess what kind of attitudes we're going to have? But here is where we really should be looking. You know, we look in our mirror a lot, and it tells us, okay, this is what I look like. When we look into the Word of God, this Word tells us, this is how I should be. This is how I should be. The world wants me to be a certain way, especially women. There's always these images of how women should be. Even with guys, there's images. You should be like this, and if you're not in this mold, there's something wrong with you. But the Word of God is where we really should turn. This should be our mirror for our attitudes. So let's turn. I have the scriptures there. If you want to follow along in your Bible, great. Um, We're going to start with Ephesians chapter 4, verses 21 through 24. Ephesians 4, verses 21 through 24. 
And this is what it says in the New Living Translation. It says, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So the Bible says, throw off. It's like a jacket that we have on. And the Bible says, throw it off, like take it off and get it away from us. Our old nature, the old way we used to do things. Some of us had real bad attitudes. Some of us like to fight people. Some of us may like to pop off. And those are the old ways before we met Christ. But what does he say? He says, put on the new nature. We put on that new nature that Christ gives us. And guess what? It's not natural. We give our hearts to Jesus, yes, and he changes us on the inside. And it has to work its way to the outside. And how do we work that out of our lives? Here we go. By reading, by studying, by listening, um, being in worship services. That's why it's so good to be here on Sundays and Wednesdays for community worship. And as much as I love to have our live stream, okay, I'm glad. When we were in the airport going to Israel, I pulled out my phone and we were watching live stream the services here. I like that, that, but for me to just sit at home when I could be here, it's not going to be exactly the same because I'm missing out on the, the corporate anointing that's flowing. And that helps me to put on this new nature that Christ is giving, giving to me. So um, it says, renew your thoughts and attitudes. So let's see, here's what an attitude is. An attitude is a mental position with regard to a factor, state, or a feeling, or emotion. It's these things that we take on, how we feel about certain things, how we think about certain things. See, because I can have an attitude about a lot of things. Some of you may have an attitude about church. You may have been hurt by a church in the past, so when you came into this place, you may have had a guard around your heart like, I'm just waiting for them to hurt me. And again, that's our old nature. And we have to renew our minds and put on the new nature of Christ. We have to renew our mental state and our feelings and emotions. And feelings and emotions can be very powerful things, right? And they really affect our attitudes. So here's three attitudes we, we need to be more like Christ. There's a whole bunch more all throughout the scriptures, but these were three I want to talk about tonight. One, he wants you to be yourself. Two, he wants you to be content. And three, he wants you to be a blessing. So be yourself, be content, and be a blessing. And I'm going to talk about each one of these three. The first one, be yourself. You must make a commitment to assign Genuine value and worth to who you are. Who you are. Based on your God-given worth, talents, gifts, and abilities. We have to decide that who God made me, who I am at my core, with the gifts and the talents he's given to me, that's going to be enough. I find that we struggle with this question, am I enough? 
Am I enough for this? Am I enough to be a man of God? Am I enough to be a wife? Am I enough to be a mom? Am I enough to be a good employee? Or am I enough to run this business? Whatever it is in our life, we're always struggling with who we are. And that affects our attitude. So we must be ourselves. There's only one of you. You're unique. I know, it, it, think back to junior high. Those were awful years for most of us, right? There's a lot. I just remember, when you go to junior high, the kids there are ruthless. And it's like in your mind, okay, if I could just be like this. Like this girl, you know, who's thin and she's already developed and this is who I want to be. Or if you're a guy, you're like, oh, this guy already has muscles. And he's the football, you know, star. If only I could be like him. And we get these attitudes in us and we try to be something we're not. And guess what? It doesn't stop in junior high. We carry those things with us if we're not careful and we're not looking into the mirror of God's word. And then if you're listening to any kind of secular music, oh my goodness, it tells you all kinds of bad attitudes that we should, shouldn't have in our lives. So God wants us to assign value to who we are. When we settle this issue of our identity, everything else in our life starts falling into place. Um, I want to look at Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5. This is a great scripture. A lot of people use this um, in the abortion uh, debate. This is a scripture, and that's very big in our country right now. So here's your scripture to address that. Jeremiah 1.5, God was speaking to this young prophet, and he told him three things. He said, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. So the first thing he said, God was trying to tell Jeremiah who he was. He said, I knew you before you were born. See, your life doesn't surprise God. Now, sometimes we take some different paths. Any of y'all ever taken a different path? Some, Some of those paths are called the hard way. Anybody ever taken the hard way? I know I've taken a few hard ways. And God has a a path for our life. But you know what? Our life doesn't surprise him. He knew us before we were born. In our mother's womb, he knew us. Don't ever think that, okay, a baby doesn't have life till it's outside the womb. That's not true. That's a lie from the enemy. There's a new movie coming out. I don't just reminded me, right now it's called Unplanned, and you should go and see it and support it. It's a Christian, uh, I don't even know if it's a Christian movie, but it's about a, a woman who was a Planned Parenthood director, and she bought into the lie of abortion for many, many, many years until she actually saw on an ultrasound what happened to that little baby. And now God is using her. I got to hear her here. She was in Lubbock a few months ago um, at a banquet. They were raising money for one of the um, clinics that help young girls who find themselves pregnant. And so uh, she, she has a movie called Unplanned. But anyway, God knew you before you were born. 
Second thing God told Jeremiah, I set you apart. Every one of our lives, he has set us apart. He has a special plan, a special purpose for us just the way we are. And then the third thing that God told Jeremiah, he said, I appointed you. See, he has a place to use each one of us right now. You may think, well, I'm waiting for this to happen and then I'll be in a better place and he can use me. No, he can use you right now. He can use you right now at the job you're at. It doesn't matter that it's not at a church. We don't need everybody to work at the church. We need you to be out there. That's where the majority of the people are. I can't see everybody and tell them about God. You can. Let's all use our circle of influence. God has appointed us for the special place. Your job at any given time, this is on your paper, any given moment is to bring all your gifts, all your talents and passions into this thing called life and believe that they are good enough to produce the fruit expected of you. That's all God is asking. Bring what you have, what he's given to you. Whether you've developed it and it's perfect, it's never going to be, I'll just tell you, bring what you have into this thing called life. So be yourself. Second attitude we need to have is be content. Be content. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 8 says, Yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. After all, we bring nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. The message translation says, A devout life does bring wealth, but it's the rich simplicity of being yourself before God. Since we entered the world penniless, and we'll leave it penniless, if we have bread on the table and shoes on our feet, that's enough. How many of you have shoes on your feet tonight? Yeah, we can be content. How many of y'all have bread at your house? You know what? You can be content. Sometimes we have more bread. Sometimes we have less. Sometimes we may have more clothes. Sometimes we may have less. But all this stuff is temporal. Uh, we've been, Stormy and I started out very, I mean, I, y'all know, we got married at 17 and 20. We had nothing. We were so poor for many, many, many years. But, and I used to have seasons in my life where I would think, well, if we could just have this. If we would just be where, I remember when we were renting, and we rented apartments, and guess what? Back then, you only had to have a six-month lease, and it was like every six months, we would move up just a little bit. We moved from a one-bedroom to a two-bedroom, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is it, but it only had one bathroom. Then I remember, another six months came, and we moved to a little bit nicer apartment, And I remember just always not being content and always wanting a little bit more. And oh, if we could just own our own house. And then when we owned our own house, it's like, well, but this one's not that nice. If we could just get a little nicer house. See, we're all in different seasons. How many of y'all are in the working phase of your life? You are working. Raise your hand. You're in a season. 
Sometimes it's like, man, it'd be nice if I could stay at home and I didn't have to get up and go to work every day and answer to a boss. Well, how many of you are retired and you're not in the season of working? Sometimes you know what comes with that? Maybe a little bit of loneliness, maybe a little bit of boredom. And sometimes it's like, well, I wish I was back out there and, you know, feeling like I'm, you know, doing something and, and, and contributing and making that paycheck. How many of you have, uh, how many of you are single? Raise your hand. If you're single, raise your hand. Okay. You're in a season. How many of you are married? Okay. Put your hands down. How many of y'all have children at home? Okay. You're in a season. How many of y'all are empty nesters? Your kids have gone off. Yeah? There's all kinds of seasons in our lives. And if we're not careful, we'll lose the value of what's right now. What God has put in our plate right now. We'll lose the value of that. And we'll always be looking forward to, oh gosh, if only this. I remember when my kids were little. And I remember they were crawling. It was like, oh, if they, I just can't wait till they're walking. And then I, can, you know, I don't have to carry them everywhere. And then I remember when they were in diapers. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait till they're out of diapers. And um, that brings its own, you know, when they get out of them. And potty training brings its own uh, issues. And then I remember it's like, gosh, if they could just get in school, then my life is going to be better and I can do more things. And then they're in school. And then you're just like looking forward to it. And I'll tell you, the, the closer they get to high school, then it's like, wait. Slow down a little bit. Slow down, because time goes so fast. And so we have to be careful and enjoy what God has given to us right now. See, your husband will only be who he is right at this moment for right now. Sometimes we're like, oh, I wish he would just do this. Well, I can tell you, the wife who's lost her husband will tell you she would wish he was there again just the way that he was. If you're wishing away your children, that time, they're only going to be this age for this moment. Enjoy the moment that there is. See, when, we, when we're doing this, always looking forward to the next thing, it's like we subtly devalue right now. When God's telling us, be content, and we're like, no, I want this, we're saying this doesn't have any value. This is not important. And that's the, the lie of the enemy, is to always keep us not content. See, yes, there's, we always need to be dreaming and for the future, and I, we want this. There's nothing wrong with that. But it doesn't mean we discount what's going on today and being content with today. Discontentment comes, and when you're discontented, it, it like goes all over your life. Here's on your paper the next thing. We must choose to be fully present and content in whatever season we are in right now. Knowing that God is faithful and he will carry us into the next season of our lives in, say it with me, his timing. In his timing. Not our timing. Because our timing, our watch looks different. It reads a little different than God's. And we have to be content in this season right now. Still planning for the future, still dreaming, but 
Lord, my heart is content right here. The Apostle Paul said this in Philippians 4, verses 11 through 13. He said, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. You hear people quote this a lot. Did you know it had to do with contentment? Yes, he'll help us in all kinds of areas. You know what? He wants our heart to be settled. He wants us to be settled and content. I can do this. I may not have filet mignon today, but guess what? I have hamburger. And you know what? I can still make a good meal out of that. I may not have uh, the nicest car today, but I have a car that runs and gets me to places. It may be kind of ugly, but it's dependable. And we have to be content with where we are right now. The message version says, actually, I don't have a sense of needing anything personally. I've learned by now to be quite content whatever my circumstances. I'm just as happy with little as with much, with much as with little. I've found the recipe for being happy, whether full or hungry, hands full or hands empty. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. That's where our contentment comes from. That we know God makes us who we are and he's going to see us through whatever season we're in. Amen? So let's don't fall into the trap of always looking to some future event in order to be happy. You become, if we do that, we'll be unable to enjoy this, this right now moment that we have. We won't be able to enjoy this your present life, because God hasn't seen fit to give you that some future desire. And so many of us are waiting. Instead of being happy with this, we're waiting for that. While God's saying, no, right here in the middle, right here in the present, you can be happy. You can be content with what he's given to us right now. And let's enjoy those blessings that he's given to us. All right, number three, we're almost done. Be a blessing. Be a blessing. Luke 6:38. The scripture says, "Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you." Guess how people usually use this scripture? With offerings, right? They talk about, "Okay, if you give, a lot of your money, then money's going to be given back to you. It can be used like that. But guess what? The context is a little different. Let's look at the scripture right before it, that verse. Verse 37 says, Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Then it says, give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. With this, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. See, when we make a decision to be a blessing to all those God has put into our life, 
We don't have to worry about the return coming back. God's saying if you'll do these things, if you forgive, if you're good to people, if you give to people, he's in charge of the return. So many times we're thinking, well, this person's going to pay me back. Oh, Pastor Stormy's going to see that I gave this big offering and he's going to pay me back. Guess what? We can't repay. Only God can do that. When you're good to someone, even when they don't deserve it, when you've forgiven the person who was ugly to you, that person may never come back and say, oh, thank you so much. Thank you for the forgiveness you gave to me. That person may still treat you exactly the same, but guess what? God will see to it that you get the return on the investment that you're giving. When you're giving, and, and it says, it, it doesn't say just give a little bit. It says whatever measure you give with, he's going to measure it back to us. So we want to be a blessing to others. Who chooses how much blessing then is given back to us? That's the question for y'all. Who's choosing how much blessing is coming back? Let's look again at the scripture. Would you go back? I don't think I put it in the PowerPoint. If y'all would go back to verse 37 and verse 38, that last sentence of verse 38 says, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Okay? So on your paper, we determine how much blessing comes back into our own life. It's determined by the measure we are using to give it out to others. It's determined by the measure that we're using. So I have an example for y'all. Y'all like examples? We're going to be like we're in children's church. They do this a lot in, in children's church. Pastor Christopher gets up there and he's telling the kids some biblical thing and then he, he has like an object lesson. So we're going to have an object lesson tonight. So we're talking about being a blessing. We're talking about that when we forgive, when we give to others, it says we determine how much of that comes back to us. How much blessing is coming back to my life? Remember, it's, how did it say it's determined? By the measure that we use, right? To give it. So, how many of y'all like M&Ms? I got a big thing of M&Ms. The staff walked by my office. They're like, ooh, what are those for? It's like, nope, you can't eat them. They're for my lesson tonight. So, M&Ms, one of the favorites of people. We're going to act like that this is... Blessings, because it's a blessing to get M&M's sometimes. So the Bible says, with the same measure that you give. So guess what? I have a, little, a few measuring things here. First one, this is a quarter of a teaspoon. Just, just a little bit of blessing. And guess what's going to come back into my life? Same measure. Say, well, I'm going to move it up a little bit, and I'm going to... You know, I'm going to serve maybe just, just every once in a while. If I feel like it, I'll tell Dora, okay, I'll go work in the kids' class. But don't ask me more than once a month. We move up our, our measure just a little bit. And guess what? We get a little bit more back in our life. And then sometimes we're like, oh boy, I'm going to get that tablespoon out. And I'm really going to give. I'm going to give a little bit more. And guess what? We give that much, and that much comes back to us. See, we all want blessings in our life. 
Sometimes we're like, nope, I'm going to take out that half cup scoop. And I'm going to really pour out my life. I'm going to serve. I'm going to go to youth camp with those teenagers. And I'm going to really make a difference. And let them know somebody loves them. Somebody cares for them. I'm going to usher twice a month. Yeah, I may not get to sit there, but I'm going to get to serve. I'm going to go work in the faith closet and serve other people. We pour out, and guess what? That much is coming back into our life. And then there's times we pull out the big guns, right? We decide, man, I really, I just want more, God. I want, to, I want more of your blessings. Guess what God's saying? The same measure that you give to others, that you pour it out, that same measure, that's what, what's going to be measured back to us. So yeah, I go and I serve those babies and I hold them in the nursery. And I, I, I serve the people at my work and I bring a cake just to tell them. And they're like, wow, that was nice of you. And you're like, you're right. Why don't you come to the Easter experience with me at my church? Or you know what? Sometimes it is about money and we sacrifice. We say, God, I'm going to give this offering. I'm going to give this, Lord. Even when it looks like I may not have enough, God, I'm going to give because I want your blessings back in my life. I told you all last week, if you were here, I got to go out to the prison or the, the Lubbock County Detention Center last week for a women's conference, and I got to pour out to those ladies. I, I felt kind of dumb when I went in because I didn't know all the rules. In fact, the lady at the front yelled at me because I didn't know how to follow all the rules and put your purse in the locker there. I knew I was going to, and I mean, she's just like yelling at, at Ramona and I like we knew how to do all this. And um, then we go in, and they told us the wrong time, and we got there, and, and everybody was staring at us, and it would have been easy to be like, nope, I'm out. I don't want to do this anymore. But no, I knew the Lord was calling. Pour yourself out. And you know what? Who got blessed that day? Yeah, those women did. I got to pray with a lot of them. The speakers that were there got to really pour into them lots of salvations. But God poured out blessing in my own life. In my own life. And see, we determine the measure that we use to give and be a blessing to others. That's how blessings come back to us. So, you know, a lot of people are like, would you just pray that God would bless me? So I guess I need to ask you, if you ask me to pray for that, well, what kind of measure are you using to bless others? Is that okay if I ask you all that? Would that be biblical? To say, well... If you're asking for God to bless you, what are you using to bless others? Luke 6, 38. Whatever we give with the same measure that we're giving. Love, we're giving our time to serve, we're giving our money, we're giving our heart to people. Whatever measure that we use to give that, that's going to come back into our lives with the same measure. Is that okay? Are you hungry now because you saw M&Ms? Awesome. All right, let's finish this up. So God wants us to have the attitude of being a blessing. Be a big blessing to others if you want big blessings to come back in your life. So 
When the world is trying to put its attitudes on you and its ideals on you, what you're supposed to be, keep the mirror of God's word, his word in front of you, and you will become the person he has called you to be. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.